to Silver and Gold Show. It's been quite a while since we last talked to you. Uh, it's the same cast of people. Uh, we got Trevor McKinney, Marco Mamelin, and Jake Shapiro here for you. Uh, talk some buffaloes. Uh, Trevor is going to. You senior? I am a senior. Jesus Christ. Next uh, year, you guys are going to be all alone. Yeah, I don't. Jeez. Uh, I'm a junior now, and we start school tomorrow. Today's the 23rd. Um, but you know what that means. Football is right around the corner. Um, but since we last talked to you, uh, a lot of stuff's gone down, uh, as you probably expect, because it's been about six months. Um, let's talk about with the CBI first. Uh, the CBI went terribly for the basketball team. Shock. Oh, uh, no. Uh, I mean, we entered a tournament that we should have never entered in the first place, and we did awful. Shock. Big surprise. Shock yeah. in Seattle. Shock yeah. in Seattle. I, I, how many people would have known that we still played in Seattle? We remembered. Um, never forget. Never forget Seattle it's in like March. The, it's like our nation's tragedy. It's like we always have, like, 9-11, Pearl Harbor, and then CBI. fans have the CBI. Yeah. Right. You know, we've, we've lost uh, Eskia Booker at this point, and not that that really matters too he much. He went undrafted, unsurprisingly, too. Yeah, he, he, might, he, he might be on the... China or something? Does he have anything? I don't know. He played in the Summer League. Yeah, he was on the Philadelphia 76ers Summer League team. Who knows if they... I don't think they probably picked him up, because they already have a team full of, like, 30, 20-year-olds anyway. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, the oldest guy in, in the whole organization. Totally. Huh. Um, he's older than the GM. Yeah. Um, Anyways, we also lost some other people. We lost uh, Jerron Hopkins, Dustin Thomas... Um, you already knew about Dustin Thomas. We got some recruits in. We don't even know their names yet. Um, we also yeah. lost Jerron Hopkins. I just said Jerron Hopkins. Oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> we still have Wesley Gordon, unfortunately. Um, we lost Xavier Johnson yeah, for the year. Yeah, for the year. Um, we actually kind of broke that story, which is cool. Boom. Um, yeah, connections. <laughs> Perks of walking to summer class. Yeah. Speaking of right. summer class, had a class of Jordan Gerke. Yeah. Yeah. Buff starting quarterback, question mark? No. No. <laughs> Buff backup? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, next to Steven Montez, of course. Um, what else happened with the basketball team? Um, uh, I think what summed up the end of the season was C, uh, the C-Unit tweeting at CBI, is it okay if we don't follow you anymore? And CBI said, we understand. <laughs> um, so that was it for basketball. Uh, transitioning, transitioning into football. Uh, I think all the excitement has gone out of the basketball program and straight into the football program. Yes. Um, 13 games coming up for the Buffs this year. Uh, McIntyre has really put the pressure on the Buffs to win seven of those, go seven and six. Uh, our expectations are probably a little bit lower than that, but I, hey. I'd say uh, my expectations are seven and six. We'll, we'll get there at the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but fall camp just wrapped up today. Uh, I've been there almost every single day. Um, they look really solid. Uh, they really do. A lot of upperclassmen. The new coaching staff is awesome under Jim Levitt and Joe Thumpkin. Um, really great ads. You know, it, they really need to do well this year, too, because it's not easy. How's the depth looking on defense? Uh, depth, it depends on where you're talking about. Because you look at the guys in the secondary, and you got guys back. You got like the third string secondary is Jared Bell, who's been here for six years. Yeah. So that's awesome. You got a Kella Witherspoon back up in the secondary. So you have guys who have played significant amount of time or been around the program for significant amount of time that are back up in the secondary. 
Meanwhile, if Addison Gillum gets hurt, you're screwed. Who's next? Yeah. Right. And or if you go kind of because the Buffs do rotate their D line, the drop off from like seven to eight on their D line is just significant. Um, so you're really counting on a guy like NJ Follow, who's a freshman, have a huge year. Um, you know, so and I'm not in the boat that believes Addison Gillum is entirely healthy or ever will be again. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm just excited to see that this team is returning a lot of upperclassmen, whereas the past couple of years we've really only seen uh, a lot of incoming freshmen and sophomores coming in to make an impact. At this point, those freshmen and sophomores are actually going to be juniors and seniors. Cheeto Woozy's already a junior. It's crazy to think of that. I mean, it just seems like yesterday he was coming into the Buffaloes. Um, yeah, so we have a lot more leadership and upperclassmen coming up, which is great for not only the, the mold of the team, but just for what we're going to be able to accomplish as a team because – we know now that we have like some leaders that we can fall back on that have actually been there and come around. And you know these are guys that have been under McIntyre for a year or two now. So hopefully we can see a little consistency from this team. Age brings experience. Like that's what's going to help win games is experience. They've experienced losing and they've experienced winning. And you oh they won they won a couple games last year. They won two. Uh, they won four the year before we, that. That's... And we almost won those games. Right. Like against UCLA and. All you hear them talk about every single day after practice is we're going to win games in the fourth quarter. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go in the fourth quarter, and we're going to win games in the fourth quarter. We didn't do it last year, and we're going to do it this year. Is all they keep saying. Every single player on the team. And truly, I believe them. I mean, if you look at last year, there were so many games that we ended up losing that we were in late in the game, and we just didn't have that final push to be able to make it and actually make it a game and come back and win. Now we've got a lot of players that, as we said, are returning they have some experience. They have some confidence. I mean, maybe not a lot of them are clutch, but if you have, like, a good team and a good unit that are all, like, strong with each other, then there's, there's a good chance that we'll actually be able to, like, come through in a lot of those game situations. Even if it, it, like, from what I'm seeing so far, it looks like the coaching staff has put in a lot of discipline in the team. And I can tell that that's going to really transcend, especially, like, penalties or something like that. Last year we had penalties at the worst times possible. And I think that that'll definitely help uh, with penalties and like uh, even just play calling and decision making. How about the turnover game? I mean, that's, oh, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. We Buffs had three interceptions last year, and they're all Ted Thompson. Um, so they really the the turnover game uh, and the defense are the two biggest questions going in for the Buffs this year. And both of them have a huge impact with Jim Levitt. And Jim Levitt is going to be huge for this team. You already see the impacts. Yeah, I mean, as soon as we hired him, you get excited. I mean, he's a former uh, NFL defensive coordinator, I believe, for the 49ers. Yeah, he's, and he's, he had coached a team to be second in the nation under USF at one point. So he's got a huge resume, and he comes in, and he's actually making an impact so far, at least you know from a coaching perspective. He's getting a lot of the players to come and back him up, and you know he's he's a guy that's kind of helping lead the front along with the Jim or uh, Mike McIntyre. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm excited. I mean, coaching is the first step to a good unit. And then it, you'll see a lot more of the play on the field translate because of the coaching, I think. Yeah, and the momentum around this program is awesome right now. It, it just keeps building and building and building. And speaking of building, we have a new building, a facility, and that's part of the, the momentum. Uh, is the boss finally moved into their new locker room? The practice facility is getting wrapped up and finished here. Um, you know, it's it's looking good. That building is maybe the biggest building on campus, I think. Yeah, the champion it, center. Pretty close. Let's it's, hope it helps recruiting because I mean, that's something we it already has. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I mean, for the future, it should too, because not only are we a, a rebuilding like team, we also have a great area. I mean, who wouldn't want to come to Boulder? I know we always say that, but that's what Jim Lovett said today after practice. Who wouldn't want to be here? Um, so yeah, you, you got a lot of positives with this team. Um, and of course, we seem so positive because we haven't actually played it down yet. So you know, there's no reason for doubt. I'm not going to cloud it. Well, there's uh, a lot of reason for doubt, but I, I think we're looking at it the positive way. Because the, that's the only way you should be looking at it. I think every Buff fan is cautiously optimistic because every year we're told that it's going to be different, but it hasn't been. Yep. But I really do believe this year will be different, and that might sound hypocritical, but it, it it's true. You, there's so much momentum around this team right now, the new uniforms, everything's going for this team. The the leader of the team, Stefa Lufau, is now an upperclassman. Um, the running backs, you got a three-headed monster with Adkins, Lindsey, and uh, uh, Powell. Wow. you got an offensive line that is really deep and really strong. You have a receiver who's in the top five receiving in the NCAA the past, what, year? Right. Year and and you got Shea Fields, and who's who was one of the top recruits star. in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have Devin Ross, who's been the hype out of camp so far. And you have guys like Jay McIntyre, who were no slouches themselves. So you, you, there's a lot of bright spots on this team. Now to say this team's going to be one of the better teams in the Pac-12 South is a little bit ludicrous. And that's why winning seven games is going to be so hard. But looking at it in the, in the, uh, in the mindset of comparing this team to teams of the past, the last five years of the Buffs, it's infinitely better. And it doesn't even have to be the starters. It's just the depth they have. I talked about it a second ago. They have guys like Akella Witherspoon who are backups. They have guys like Jay McIntyre who might not even see a single catch this year who are really good. Um, So no matter what, the Buffs are in a really good spot right now. And, you know, you you even got the quarterback of the future on the roster right now in Steven Montez. Uh, The dude is for real. So a lot of positives for this team as we currently look at it. And uh, the one maybe big negative, like I mentioned, is the Pac-12 South. They have to go through the Pac-12 South, and they have had trouble, more trouble than anyone winning games in the Pac-12 on the road. And I don't blame them at this point. You know, earlier before this year, like, the culture was beginning to change with this team, but we were still a very undersized, uh, undermanned team that had a lot of underclassmen. And uh, you look at it now, and those players are getting older. Where they're playing together a lot of years. And the coaching staff, the way that they are teaching these guys to come up, I just have a feeling that even if we're not winning games, that since the culture is changing, that it will continue to build on that, and just we will be getting better with time. There's, it's always a process, so we'll just have to see it and play these games out to actually see what goes on. Yeah, and I think that even the fact that we're in this division, the toughest division in college football, I think that helps us. Who wouldn't want to come as a recruit here and say, oh, yeah, I survived that. Like I, I played against some of the best players in the nation who are now in the NFL, and I got to be a part of that. We got Shea Fields for that. you know. So the, the boss, I, I, I think, like I said, they're in a really good spot right now. And, and does that mean they're going to win seven games? No. But does that mean they will be better and can, can continue to improve? Yes. You know, last year they won last ga- less games than the year before. But did they improve? Yes. yes, and that was evident. And will, will, am I saying, okay, well, they're only going to win one game this year, but they still, quote-unquote, improve? No, they will win four to seven games this year, and they will improve. This team is going to be infinitely better. There's a chance that they run the table in the non-conference season, a serious chance that they do it. But I think it's going to rely a lot about what they do in the first two series in Hawaii. Uh, 
I've talked to a bunch of people and, and they agree with me. We're going to see a lot of surprises in that series. Now, am I saying Sefa Lufau is going to play nose tackle? No. But all of a sudden, maybe Devin Ross is the second receiver and not Bryce Bobo or Shea Fields. You know, you might see a couple things like that that may surprise you a little bit. Or maybe Addison Gillum's not on the field so much. You know, they're of a new defense. They're running a 2-4 uh, mainly, a nickel defense. They have a guys that shift up to down. Uh, John Walker's going to be a big piece to this team. Ted Thompson, Kenneth Ogobode, um, Kenneth Crawley, uh, and, and of course Shido Awuzi. A lot of what this team does is going to come down to this defense because last year they were routinely putting up 35 points a game on offense. It's going to come down to a lot of what they do on defense. And not only is the secondary better, but you have Derek McCartney coming back for a second year. Yeah. Justin Solis looks like an absolute beast. Uh, sorry, you know, uh, Josh Tupou, it sucks that we lost him, but, you know, uh, and, and then speaking of another guy that got in trouble, George Frazier. George Frazier's going to be a huge factor for this team. Yeah. I believe he'll be suspended probably about two games. Uh, so there's a lot of, like, you keep mentioning guys that I just think about. Like, even a guy like Stefan Nembot, who's going to be a huge piece to this team. Um, you know, Alex Kenny. Uh, he, he's an upperclassman. He's going to be a huge impact as, at the center spot. You have a lot of names on this team that are looking to improve or who have improved. They've gotten bigger, stronger, faster, and it's going to be a lot different of a team this year than it has been in the last few years. I think that just the fact that, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but on 36 coming into Boulder near the First Bank Center yep. is Stefan Nimbaugh on the big billboard. And I think that just the fact that we have this big, scary, hulking 6-7 tackle as our, like, face of, like, this schedule, that's pretty cool. Like, we're, we're starting to be a little scarier than, than most people. It's funny. He's a sweetheart. Too. Oh, I know. Exactly. It's hilarious. Like, I like the pictures of you and him together. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. But I, think, I think this all goes back to, you know, us switching to the Pac-12 a couple years ago. We knew it was going to be some tough times, especially the football team, considering the basketball team had – a little talent and they were going into a more competitive league but now you know after a couple of years of being in the Pac-12 we've been we've been punched on a few times but we're starting to get those recruits in like a Shea Fields and players that want to actually come and play with a team that may yeah. struggle a little bit but will continue to improve and play against the top talent in the country so this is something I, I think it's a trend that's just going upward as yeah. long as the coaching staff keeps doing what, what they're are the doing. guys we're already getting for the next recruiting class Julian Misi these guys out of Florida all of a sudden they're coming exactly. to see you slowly but surely yeah we are improving as a and whole program. People know what this team can accomplish with good recruiting and a good culture around them. I mean, we saw the 1990 team. and the Early 2000s, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like it's impossible. This team has accomplished stuff. We've just been down the depths a couple of years. It's something that we can work our way out of, I believe. And do not hit the panic button on this team. Yeah. Don't. It, last year, people started to start Jordan Gerke over Sefo Lufau. Don't hit the panic button on this team. Sefo might have his, his rough patches and whatnot. But Cepho is going to break every single record in school history. Yes. Um, I know the game's changed, and I know he's a four-year starter, but he's still a guy. He was still good enough to be the four-year starter, and he was still good enough to throw for three thousand five hundred yards every year. Yep. Okay. Well, he had P. Rich and Nelson Spruce. Yeah. Well, someone had to throw them the ball, and you know what? Kate Apsay can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe Cepho made Nelson Spruce who he is. Maybe he made Paul Richardson who he is. Right. Like, we never know that. Well, I mean, it didn't help when our team was giving up, like, 20 more points than exactly. we were scoring. Yeah. It really wasn't the offense last year that was the issue. Of course, they were inconsistent. The but offensive line had its struggles, yeah. no doubt. And we're looking to think that that actually may improve this year, considering, you know, we have a lot of returning players, and this, this core has played together a couple of years at this point. Yeah. And, and a big part of that offense improving is going to be Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay, uh, in my mind, is probably going to – they're playing at Coy, I believe. 
and saying, you know, we're going to still do the three-headed monster thing. And, and, you know, no doubt you will see Paul and Adkins, but I think one of those guys is going to be more in special teams, and I believe it's going to be Adkins. And you're going to see Paul as kind of a big, you know, burly back. Third down. And he'll Short be in there. Yeah. Right. He'll be in there with uh, kind of like the Brandon Jacobs role, but he'll be in there with Frazier whenever he's in there. But Phil Lindsay is going to be the guy. Phil Lindsay's going to be huge for the Buffs this year, and he and, and just having that one go-to guy on the running back position makes the offense infinitely better. He just makes the whole team better. We even saw it last year when he was returning kicks and stuff. It would be fourth quarter, we'd be down by 20 points, and he'd run a kick back to the opposing 40-yard line, and it's that spark, you know? Yeah, he's right. so exciting. Yeah. But the one issue, I, it's not an issue I have with him, but he needs to hold on to the ball a little better. Yeah. Because when he would get in the game, he'd show you that spark, and then a few times put the ball on the ground, and that changed the momentum for the game. I mean, as long as he gets that under control, I really do think he could solidify himself as that number one True back freshman guys. carrying the ball, yeah, that's yeah. going to be a problem. Exactly, yeah. that's what I was going to say. I said, it takes time, you know, just work on that, and he should improve. Yeah, uh, and he's a little bit bigger this year, just looking at him. He does not look like kind of, he looked like me last year, honestly. He, he looked, looked like a big. freshman. I don't think he was a true freshman. I'm sorry, he's a redshirt freshman last year, I believe. I think he, he, lived in school, he lived in Sewell with us. Our, our, Did he? Uh, yeah, I think he lived in Sewell. Um, but anyways, you have... You have Phil Lindsay, who, who, who's going to be a big factor. You have guys like uh, uh, Donovan Lee, who we haven't even brought up yet, who is a complete spark plug. Lee Walker, who's a wide receiver. I don't think he really can catch, but he's the fastest guy on the team. Um, and, and, you know, speed plays. And, and that's what we talked about on college. our baseball broadcast. You know, speed plays. Speed plays at any level, any sport, no matter what. I bet differ on that. I think speed plays really well at the college level, at least in football, because you look in the NFL and the, the speedy fast. players, yeah, everybody yeah. you have a guy fast. run a go-route, <laughs> right. he's the fastest guy in the field, if you have him running a go-route, no one's going to beat him Except the in the NFL, you've got a, you've got a cornerback that can back that, can, that up. Yeah, yeah. The but in college, though, you see the Michael James and the players that are just Anthony so fast. Anthony Thomas. Yeah, they literally outrun Oregon. everybody. You just get to the outside corner and you're gone. Yep. And we have guys like that, that actually have that true speed. You got have guy like Chase Fields, that as a receiver, he is just explosive. Unbelievable. So I could see them taking advantage of a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of the efficiencies on the defensive end of uh, teams in the college level. I hope that we can because, I don't know, that we could be a pretty exciting team to watch, at least offensively. They are going to be a high-powered team. I mean, like, you know, you just look at the, 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 the key factors. Your base offense, you have a solid line, returning line. You know, you're only missing one or two guys from last year's team. And you could argue that they were not very important pieces. You have Cepho, junior quarterback. You have Phil, who we know is going to be sick. Irwin, uh, I think there's a lot of questions around Irwin at the tight end position, but I don't know how much he's going to play. He might play the Tyler McCulloch role. You never know. But let's just say they go four wide. You have Nelson, you have Devin, you have Bryce, and you have Shea. It's a really, and really a sickening back four. Back out of the backfield, that's pretty Right, it's a sickening good. four. And, and, you know, even if one of those guys get hurt, you have John Walker, uh, sorry, Lee, uh, Lee Walker, uh, and uh, uh, Donovan Lee, Donovan Lee, who saw time last year. You have Jay McIntyre, who you know uh, has been talked about a lot. Uh, not by G- not by Coach McIntyre at all. Uh, he's we've we've tried to get answers out of him about that, but he does not want to talk about his son. Um, so I well, respect that. I think that's good. I mean, he knows what happened with uh, Dan Hawkins and oh, his son, yeah. so <laughs> it's good to keep your distance and treat your son just like any other player. I mean, I'm sure he w- wants him to do better, but. It's a football team. You gotta. It's, it's a whole unit. You can't just focus on one right. player. Right. Yep. I think one, uh, like like we mentioned, the Pac-12 being really the one negative for this year. 
the which whole could be pack, a positive, yeah. which is really a positive in the end game. Yeah, yeah. help them the yeah. strength of schedule, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. well, but, and get recruits, but yeah. But I mean, it's just it sucks because a lot of the Pac-12 improved just like we did this year. Cal got better. Um, really, Jared Goff came back. Yeah, yeah. Really, the, Solomon's back. The only yeah. really two teams that didn't improve at all Utah. were like. I Utah wouldn't say Utah. State. What about I would Oregon? Say Utah Oregon lost Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Well, I would say Oregon State and Washington State really didn't well, improve but like that or, much. But if you uh, Oregon State and Washington State both in the Pac-12 North, Oregon definitely right, didn't. Yeah. Oregon definitely took a step back. But to say they're not going to be one of the best teams in the country, they're going to so, be top ten. Right, they'll be yeah. a top ten team. So how much of a step really is that? But you look at almost every team in the Pac-12 South, and I think the only team that debatably even took a step down would be either Utah or Arizona. I would say maybe Arizona State over Arizona. Well, either one of those, both of them lost a lot of upperclassmen, but both of them get a ton of recruits every year. So you to even say any of those three teams took a step back is a stretch. Uh, so you're really just looking at which quarterbacks came back at that point. And, uh, you, you know, uh, the best quarterbacks coming back are probably uh, USC's uh, Cal's oh, yeah. and Arizona's. And then Arizona State has not uh, Kelly, who's their backup. He played in the game against the Buffs. He yeah, was, he's good. He's pretty good. Yeah, I so, throw Seppo in there at this. But point. that's what I'm saying. Oh he's yeah, right totally. there. He's uh, but but looking from last year to this year, we thought Seppo was going to be a top three quarterback in the Pac-12. I think it's a stretch to even say that again. I think that he's like top five, top six. He's definitely in the right. top, upper tier, but not top. He's definitely three. top ten. Uh, yeah, he's definitely yeah. top twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we got a lot of things to look forward to. Uh, we're going to talk to you in. Two weeks, we'll recap the Hawaii game. Uh, that's on Thursday night at 11 p.m., uh, September 3rd or September 4th, something like that. And we'll 11 talk. 11 p.m. Yeah, 11 p.m. Well, start it's time. Hawaii, here. Right? It's in Hawaii, right? In Hawaii. Yep. And so, on CBS Sports Network, none of us get that. So I get it. You do? Yeah, if you guys want Party at Traps. Yeah. Um, whoever listens, Party at Traps. Uh, hey, Cam. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so we'll, uh, we'll talk to you then. Uh, you can follow us, as always, at Silver and Gold Show on Twitter. We'll be more active uh, now that the season's going on. Yeah. Uh, you can follow Trevor, Jake. You know, Jake is me. Marco, you can follow all of us. I know you really adore us. Um, you probably already do follow us, right, to be honest. Right, if you're one of the people that listens. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, all those places. You probably listen to our other Rockies podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a lot of good content going up at BSN. I thought I'd get that plug in. Yeah. Oh, and uh, breaking news, since the last time we spoke, I have taken my towns away from Qdoba and to Illegal Peaks. That okay. really matters a it's lot. It's an improvement. I'm slowly tainting everything Marco believes. Oh, no, it's that Qdoba got too expensive, man. That's the issue. It used to be a bargain. Now it's just expensive. Pete's all the way, baby. Free queso if you pay $8 for a burrito. Right? Yep. Or you pay $0.60 cents at Pete's and you get a fat burrito and you're supporting a local business. I mean, I guess Qdoba and, and Chipotle are they're, technically they're local tech- businesses, but... Half-fast the clock. That's all I got to tell you. Yeah. 11.30, half-fast, Thursdays through Sundays. Honestly, Saturday. Saturday. South Mouth. I've been really interested in some South Mouth lately. I can't eat them since I ate mango habanero wings and they so literally good, burned my entire body. So good, Marco. Oh, I don't doubt you. I live close to there now, so I probably will go there to get some wings at some point. Give me a text. Yeah, dude. Wings, munch man. that down, dude, for sure. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. See ya.